This is a Soulfire production. Okay, so I'm here with P. Scott, one of the top artists in Chicago and in my mind, the world to me. <laughs> um, I was introduced to him by my friend and business partner, Anthony, about five years ago. He had just completed this really cool Nike piece in Chicago and he can tell you all about that. And I'm like, and Anthony had just bought a piece of his work for his new home. And I'm like, God, I need to know this guy. So Anthony started taking me to his shows. And the first thing I noticed about him is, oh, he's not only an artist, like he's a bridge. He's a connector. He's a light. He is here to give and stand for people. Like he's so much more than an artist and he's an incredible artist. So I was so connected to who he was and his mission and, and his ability to carry out his mission. So not only is he an artist, he owns his own gallery and he puts on shows and he shouts out and promotes other artists through that avenue. So he is somebody that I'm learning as I get to know him more puts people on. Like that's part of his mission is not only his own work on display, but he is really here to highlight and promote others and give them a platform to shine. And then in doing so has a huge heart to give back to people that might not have had the support to get to where he's gotten. So um, all in all, just stand up human being. And I am here in his, I guess this is his creative nest. <laughs> right. This is, the, this is the studio. This is that's where it all happens. This is where I create the magic, you know? It's really, really cool. We're in Pilsen, right? Yeah, this is Pilsen. Um, this place in particular is called Pilsen Art and Design Center. Um, and, you know, I found this gem, and it is a gem. It's a true gem uh, for any artists and creatives that are looking for spaces. Come check it out. Um, you know, this place uh, initially started off with a few spaces in here, and then it developed into, like, there's a bunch of spaces in here and it's a really great place. Really great place. It's cool to see like the behind the scenes because when you see <laughs> in like, like a glamorous show, it's like how do you get to this point to have 30 pieces that are all like mind blowing that you could just sit and stare in front of each for an hour. And there's so many things that I want to ask you, but I guess I want to start with last night he hosted an incredible event because like I said, he's a gallerist and he he's the owner of Niche Gallery, NYCH, New York, Chicago, because he's originally from New York. And we were there last night and he hosted a beautiful event for a Chicago artist. This is the first event back post-COVID. We were just talking about how it was like a dinner mixed with music, mixed with art. Yes, we were all wearing masks and it was it was cool. Well, what was it called? Honestly Lying? Honestly Lying was the name of the show by Harlan Hugh. Yeah. Really, really cool. And I just love Honestly Lying. I feel like that's 2020 encapsulated. And um, it's just cool to see uh, his space and then the behind the scenes of this space and really how a creator puts it all together. But last night he was speaking, him and Harlan, Harlan and... Uh, he was sharing about when he... P. Scott shared something. He said... I first knew I was an artist when I was 13. And I was like, man, I wanna know more about that. I know 13 for a lot of people is when we're like discovering ourselves and when we're really tapped into what brings us joy and we're really not limited by 
what other people say we should be or become and we're really just free and I want to know kind of your journey to uncovering your gifts or I guess they were always in you right right so yeah so that 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 story that I briefly touched on last night um you know it, it kind of goes like this you know I was I was young uh just starting off uh in in a in a school that was like strictly for artists um it was it, it was just like harlan said like shy arts it was a school that had young creatives there you know it had dancers uh drama majors and as well as visual artists musicians stuff like that i had just started at this school um and this i had this really cool teacher his name was al coco uh all the students loved him. We all got along with him really well. He was just one of those teachers that was just super cool. And he had he had us do this end of the year project. And the project um, was like, he just had it open-ended. He was like, whatever you want to do, you do it. Um, but you're going to use colored pencil. That's the only thing that he required of us was that we use the medium that he asked. And so I had been using colored pencil for a long time. But I always used it in a way where I would just like shade and I wasn't really uh, what they call burnishing. So there's two different techniques, but I didn't know this. Hmm. I, only, I only thought drawing with colored pencil was just one way. I just thought you just draw like any other pencil, right? But um, by accident, I stumbled across this technique while I was drawing this. This So basically what this piece was that I chose was it was a piece that, uh, or excuse me, it was a, a picture that was in a magazine and it was a, a, gold, a bowl with goldfish in it. And it was on top of a checkerboard table. So what was happening was there was all this type, like the reflections that were in the bowl and then the reflections that were in the goldfish as well mm. were really like tricky and like real like it was just a lot of layers and different it was real interesting and so I chose it because it was going to be a challenge for me I was like man I've never drawn something with this much detail this this level of detail so it was a challenge for me so I began drawing it and it was coming out really good with my traditional style of just like, you know, I guess you would call like feathering, you know, feathering it. And by accident, I went over one particular spot way too much. And it ended up creating this technique, which is called burnishing, which I never knew about. I just accidentally did it. And I thought I ruined the piece. I was like, man, how am I going to make the rest of the now it has this one section that looks completely different from the other section and it was coming out so good and my mom was like oh you ruined it and i was like yeah i feel like i did too but i only got one option i gotta try to do the whole rest of the piece like this so i went back over all the other areas and i burnished it so basically it looks like paint hmm. instead of it looking like a pencil would look with the strokes, you don't see that no more. You all you see is like it's it's like you build up. It's almost like if you used a crayon and you went over. You ever noticed yeah. that? Like when you go over one spot too long, it like builds up, and then, then it looks like a thick layer really? of wax. Well, then that's that's what I did with the with this piece. But what it did was it made this piece look like 
it made it look so good. Like it took it to a whole nother level. And when I was done with it, I was shocked that I even did it. I was like, man, I can't believe I did this. And my mom was like, you did that? Like, this is amazing. And I was like, yeah, that technique that I like kind of stumbled across, it made it look better. So anyways, I submitted this um, and my teacher told me, you know what, uh, you didn't do this. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm, I could have my mom validate that I did this. And he was like, no, you didn't do this. And he was like, I, and, and when I when I told him my mom could come in or whatever, he was like, nah, that won't be necessary. What he did was he just graded my piece poorly and then he didn't give me back the piece. And I was like, in that moment, I understood that he kind of created this whole thing so that he could take this piece from me because he his his reasoning behind it was that you didn't do it and so whatever and so like i really realized then that like if 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 my art teacher took my pay, my piece from me then i know i must have talent you yeah. know i know i must have something because he wouldn't have did that if not and so like from that day forward i kind of realized that you know maybe i can be a professional artist and do this, you know, and, and that kind of gave me inspiration. That's amazing. And I feel like so many people could have taken that the wrong way and you took it for motivation. You said you had another time in your life where you used a similar scar for right. motivation. Right. And, you know, that was that that early on kind of motivated me to be an artist. And then here in Chicago, years later, as an adult, uh, I ran into a situation where there was a friend of mine who worked for a company and I also cut his hair and I, you know, I asked him, I was like, you know, how about you manage me? You know, you know, you're real connected, you're plugged in. Um, have you ever thought about managing an artist and whatnot? And we, we had several conversations about it in between haircuts and whatnot and just kind of like small talk. And then one day we kind of got serious about it and he was like, man, why don't you come to the office? Uh, we'll do lunch, we'll sit down, we'll talk, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't at all prepared for a full out meeting with this company at all. Like I didn't even, and I knew a lot of people at this company. He introduces me to a couple people and then we go into the meeting room and then everybody starts walking in and I'm like kind of caught off guard by this. And so we just, they just start asking me a lot of questions and. And they were like, well, what would make a brand want to work with you? Um, and at this point, the way we see it is that you are a great artist, but you have no unique style mm. that sets you apart at this point from other artists, right? Like there's nothing standout enough that makes you identifiable and which would make a brand want to really, you know, uh, partner up with you but they were right at that point I wasn't all the way there yet but also I wasn't there for that anyways I wasn't there to like even totally. have this meeting <laughs> and so I was like okay and I took their advice and it made me feel belittled it made me feel a little like less accomplished and it also added fuel to the flame that made me want to be better, made me want to find that that identifiable style. And it also made me, it also told me, 
I will never walk into another meeting and be able to allow people to tell me that again. Like I was like, from this day forward, I'm going to make sure that if I ever walk into a meeting like that again, they're going to be like, man, we love your style. Your style is so unique. We can see P. Scott in everything. Like this is P. Scott. You know what I mean? And and I did that. A year later, yes, you did. I went, yeah, a year later, uh, a, a deal with Nike um, came about and I end up, you know, redoing a whole gym, gymnasium, uh, a school, school gym. And it came out really good, you know. I remember that's when I met you and I told Anthony, I'm like, this is the sickest work ever. I'm like, who did this Nike gym? And that is really when you tapped into like your niche, like this triangular. Right, right. What do you call your niche where you're right. identifiable? Right. So there's there's several elements, I think, that, you know, consist of what my brand or what yeah. my style is. But what you're talking about specifically is like the I call it my origami pattern or yes. like my origami, you know, style. And and basically what it is, is it's rem it's geometrical shapes, overlapping, folding, hard edges that are in the space of or remind you of paper folding. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you thought about a piece of paper being folded multiple times, I kind of try to create that with you know, my origami style and textures. Um, and, and then it's very colorful and usually origami is very colorful and stuff like that. You know, the, the, the pyramids or the triangles in that shape that I use a lot, um, I use it a lot because as a kid, I always, re like, always resonated with like pyramids and triangles for some reason. And, you know, the triangle is, is a really powerful, powerful shape, you know, especially when you, you're dealing with the Trinity and all that type of stuff. And so for me, it's always just been also a, a reference points, a reference point to like spirituality. Like when I point it up or I point it down, it's like being grounded or being tapped into the universe and stuff like that. Um, and another part of that is, is like, I also am a fashion designer. Like I design clothes and stuff like that. And so initially I used to be doing paintings on specific fabrics oh, like cool. that piece is on a fabric um and i what i was doing wasn't in, in kind of trying to incorporate my fashion with my art i actually would do this on different fabrics and so it got to be too much like i was like man it's a cool style it's it's it's, it's kind of unique but it's difficult to paint on all these different type of fabrics and some of them aren't that archival so at the end of the day you know that means a lot in in the art world so i was like you know what i gotta figure out something else that could kind of tap tap into the fashion thing but like not be so uh in your face right mm -hmm. and so when i do tech packs which is like doing the design layout for like a shirt or some jeans or whatever it is um i usually use these little red arrows and these little red arrows are triangles that are like indicators. So like I would have the arrow point to like a pocket or like a button and mm -hmm. it and then it would it would have the dimensions and whatever. So like on my full tech pack, I would have all these little red arrows all over pointing to all these different things. And I was like, hmm, I like this little red arrow. I need to try to use this in my paintings. 
And when I started using it, I started to see how people gravitated towards totally. it and were like, what is the red arrow? And that's so cool. And and what it really does is it creates a focal point. So like most of the time, wherever I got that red arrow pointing, people look. So anytime there's something on my piece that I really want people to pay attention to, I usually point it to that. And then it's just it was just a really cool way of creating something that's brandable, but so kind of like basic it's so simple and simple but it's so you every time right. i see it, it's like oh that's peace got right and so that that was what i was looking for and that was the thing that when i walked into that meeting they were talking about that i didn't have and i was like okay i gotta figure out something that could be that you totally. know and and that is that i think that is kind of part of it for me but there's other layers to it as well you know what i'm saying totally i think one of the the biggest there's many reasons why i connect with you but one of them is how tapped in you are like spiritually. I see spirituality in all of your pieces. That's why I love them so much. I have three of his pieces in my home and I'm like, one's in my bedroom, it's a Buddha. And I just feel so much peace when I look at it. And he just did a mural for one of our new centers on we're opening up hopefully next week, Chicago and Ashland. He did a really cool mural and I was messaging him like, hey, are you gonna come through and do this? He was like, yeah, it just hasn't come through yet. Right. And I was like, oh my God, he's such a true artist. Like, right. like he doesn't paint, like, like he gets painted through, right. you right. know? And I would love if you, cause I feel like entrepreneurs in a sense are the same way. Like we can have blocks, we can try to do things ourselves rather than allow something to come through. So I'm wondering as a creative, what that process looks like for you well you know the, the process of what i do or entrepreneurship in itself what you do to have a painting come through right so, or don't do right right <laughs> so when it comes to my process in art you know it's it's like you said i kind of try to f become a vessel to create something organically and it usually just comes like a lot of times I don't really sketch out and I really like a lot of other artists do. They they really take their time and they sketch and they'll do multiple sketches prior to doing a piece. And majority of my pieces, not to say that I don't do it, but majority of my pieces, especially the ones that are really good uh, in my eyes, are the ones that just kind of happen. And, and when I when what I mean by that is like I might start painting and just going crazy and doing random things. And then I'll leave that painting alone and I'll go work on another painting. And then I'll come back to that painting and just do some more random things. And then as I look at that piece, then I start to figure out what that piece needs to look like next. Like, okay, let me create a shape out of this. And then what mm -hmm. could that turn into? And then organically it would just build. And there is some thought, but a lot of times I feel like I'm just kind of led, spiritually led in a way where things just kind of happen organically. And like with your situation, there was preparation done. I did put, piece everything together, but even a lot of what was created was in the moment. Like yeah. it wasn't, I didn't like, like I knew I was doing the Hamza hand, but all the detail in it, that just came. Like it wasn't like I sketched it out. It was none of that, you know? I knew I wanted an eye right there, but I didn't know what the eye was gonna look like. I didn't know what color it was gonna be, you know, and it just kind of happens, you know, and and I think those are the pieces that come out the best 
um, the ones that happen organically. And, and it's so perfect. Like I didn't, I, I'm not going to block a creative from being a creative. So I'm like, right. it came through. I'm like, oh my God, this couldn't be more perfect for us. It's protection. It, to me, right. it's like spirituality, love, all the things that are important and to that, me. And that's <laughs> like a thing that I, I, I try to do too is anytime I do a commission piece with somebody, I'm always trying to connect it to that person. Mm, like, mm. and I take, and I really take that serious and literal. Like, like I'll tell people, well, you want me to do a commission piece? Like, send me some things that mean a lot to you. Mm. Like, I even told you that. I was like, yeah. you know, give me something to pull from, whether it's a date or whether it's a color or whether it's a word or a, a, a quote or whatever. Just something, because I want the piece to be attached to you. Like, yeah. I wanted to have something within it that you're like, it, that is so me. Mm -hmm. And so with you, I was like, man, you know, I knew, I knew, I knew what you were doing. I knew what the business was and I, and I know the vibe and I know your vibe, but at first nothing was coming. And I just was like, I want it to be right. I want it to be perfect. I don't want to just be hasteful and do something. And it's not exactly what I wanted to be for you. And then when I, I, I started just kind of Google searching like spiritual things and, and protection and stuff like that. Cause I was like, you know, you're opening a business in a time where there's a lot of chaos and yeah. stuff going on. I was like, well, you know, what, what, what symbol or what thing could, could kind of represent that. And I found that and I was like, oh yeah, this, this is perfect. So perfect. I'm yeah. so grateful. So you, you mentioned this last night, a question was asked is creativity, uh, are you born with it or is it something that's nurtured? Nature versus right. nurture. Right. And I loved your response. Can you share that again? Right. So, you know, I, I, I think that it is a bit of both, but I also understand that most people are born to be creatives and or artists. But what happens is like we're, we, in order for us to communicate when we were young, we always drew pictures. We always tried to visually express ourselves and try to, you know, um, creatively suggest things. And it, it gets to a point where you become older and you understand how to write and, and you know, now, you, now you're expressing yourself through words and it's the artist or the creative that is nurtured to continue on to be an artist that will will continue that it's the ones that aren't nurtured that kind of lose that mm -hmm. you know and i think that most of us are artists and are creatives in the beginning and we just kind of drift away from that because we learn to write and we learn math and you know all this different stuff and then we're just like okay there's no need to be trying to express myself visually no more i could just write words but we all start off on that creative level uh i just think some it's so deeply rooted that for some it won't go nowhere even if it's not all the way nurtured it's just there it's just always going to be there and there's nothing they could do about it it's just always going to surface and then there's some people who literally honestly were on the path and then just kind of veered off and then you know what sometimes later in life they remember. They, they pick, yeah, they remember. They pick up a pen and draw again or they paint again and they're like, wow. Or they go to one of those paint classes <laughs> and they're like, man, you know what? I forgot how much I love this. Totally. And then the, it resurfaces, right? And then they get right back into it. How do you feel like we can be better nurturers for people to stay tapped in, to stay creative, to stay aligned? 
Right. I mean, for me, I, 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 I'm such a creative that it's like I don't know. It's it's just second nature for me. Like I like I just always when I see a young creative, I'm so inspired to inspire. Right. Like mm. I'm always like, man. Like if I see a young artist, I'm like, I'm telling them how good it is. I'm yes. telling them to keep it up. I'm telling them to, you know, like what to do like i try to give them you know pointers and stuff like that and that that always encourages them you know to to continue on when they when they hear kind words and and and, and they get confirmation that you know the work is nice or it's good you know and i think that helps a lot you know um but just 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 supporting people in general like i i, I know even with like sports like there was a time when I was I was playing tennis. I was number one seed. I realized when I was playing, um, nobody was coming to support me, and my mom was working multiple jobs, and she just couldn't make it because most of the time when we had games, it was while she was working, and she would have came. My dad was just always all over the place, and probably forgot most of the time. And it got to a point where I was like, "Why am I playing this? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I doing this?" And the sad thing is I was doing, I was supposed to be doing it for myself. Right. But as a child or a young person, we're not doing nothing for ourselves. We're doing everything to impress our parents, our mentors, other people around us. Right. We're not tapped in so much yet with our center enough to understand that this is good for me. Mm. And I just quit. I was just like, screw it, you know, like, so I, I realized then I would never do that to my kids or any young person around me. Mm. I will always show up. I will always support. I will always give them words of encouragement. And that's what helps nourish, you know, and nurture it to grow. You and know you what I mean? do that so well. I don't know another person that has a more giving spirit. Like I'm talking showing up for other people in the city, like saying yes to events you probably don't want to say yes to because you're already so busy like you're one of the hardest working people i know and so how like that giving spirit that you have of empowerment of like raising people up is that something that you learned is something that's always been in you or is just something you didn't have and you wanted to make sure you paid that forward i think it's a little bit of both my parents were one way i learned from what they did right what they did wrong right. and i try to add that to my parenting to be better and then I'm hoping that my kids see what I did right and wrong and they, they learn and eventually, you know, it gets to a point where it's 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 just better. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, it comes from a space of me wanting to see other people do well. You know, that's really truly the main thing that motivates me and can feel that wanting to help people and 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 I don't have that I don't have that hate in my blood, you know? Like, I don't I don't have that, oh, I don't want to teach you nothing. I don't want to show you nothing because then you're going to be better than me or you, you might, you might, you might take resources or- you put or, people on that have blown up. Yeah. Like, the, blown the, up. Like this, like this, <laughs> like this girl right here, like, I, I didn't put her on, but I remember we had a, she came here and we we just kind of had a, a little meeting she had a studio or art gallery rather on uh Halstead, right around the corner from my old gallery and she just kind of wanted to pick my brain about you know being a gallerist because she was new to it 
And I was like, for sure, come through. You know, I was never one of them people was like, oh, here we go. It's a gallery around the corner for me. It's gonna take business from me. Why would I tell her how to be a great gallery so that she could take my business? Because you come from love. You come from abundance. Right. I don't even think like that. Like it's and been you times. Feel that from you. Like you just promote everyone. You love everyone. You don't even. Right. You're not competitive like that. Nah. <laughs> I, I want to see everybody do good. And and it's and but like I've had people tell me at times like, dude, that's not good for you though. Like. Like you gotta, it's you gotta true. understand how some things you kind of do gotta pull. And I, I don't listen. I just continue to be me, and that's who I am. So I can't really take credit for their success. No. But what I can say is that I was an instrumental part in either motivating them, giving them a platform, exp- like exposure, or just like words of advice that I know helped them helped them a lot and made them grow i'm only a gallerist because of the fact that i enjoy working with artists i enjoy being around the energy of creatives it helps me in my creative space um it helps me learn it helps me grow um but the biggest part of it is that i love to be that so-called bridge or i love to be an instrumental part in seeing these creatives grow. Um, it may, it's gratifying, like you said, it really makes me feel good about myself. And it's the only reason why I have not shut the gallery down and been like, I need to just work on me. Mm-hmm. Because literally I have had this conversation several times with people close to me. I'm like, man. It's hard times. It's hard, <laughs> I love the gallery. But I also know that at this point and stage in my life, I'm juggling way too much. Mm. And the reason why my personal art career has not blown like the rest of these people that I've helped or have been a a part um, in their growth, I feel like it's because I'm worried about that as well as my personal career. And it's like, I don't, I don't have enough of me to just devote to all of this stuff, right? It's like, it's just too much right now. So, you know, that's the only reason why I keep the gallery open is because I love that part of it. And I feel like at some point though, I might either have to get it running on its own. Yeah, I was gonna say get it running on its own, but you without the gallery to me is like, those are your truest gifts to me. Right, right. bringing people together, creating experiences, putting people on, like, you are a talented, tapped-in creator and a bridge. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. It's like chopping off one of your legs. Yeah, it, it kind of is. That's probably why I haven't abandoned it yet. But, um, you know, I, like I, I said before, I probably would be a gallerist the rest of my life um, because, like, I do really appreciate that. But I also know that I, at some point, have to really tap into – uh, some other things and give it more energy in order to to grow more in that space but i mean i do love being that so yeah one of my favorite shows i've ever been to of yours is the be- was the beautiful decay that's what right, it was called was show. the story behind that because i feel like it had to be deep for art to come out so meaningful right. at least to me right well i had went through a lot um basically the beautiful decay was uh, a show that I wanted to tap into the idea of like being destroyed and then building yourself back up. 
and the beauty in that process. So like, you know, we all take a fall, you know, sometimes uh, we lose jobs or we lose relationships and we feel depressed and we're down and out and we feel like we're at the very bottom. And at the time you can't see the beauty in it. You you don't understand it. You're like, this is, this is this life? Like this is the end of the world. Like you feel like, and honestly, a lot of times it's a transformation that is necessary for you to go through to get to a different part of your life that most time is 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 glorious it's beautiful it's actually we went through that pain to get to this and we didn't know it and understand it at the time and so that's what the beautiful decay was about and at the time for me i was going through a lot like uh you know i had i was i was dealing with a breakup like i i was I, I, my relationship went out the window i lost the gallery the gallery had fell apart my old gallery space um and then i i was already i planned to have knee surgery the following month i had knee surgery so now i'm down and i'm kind of depressed i'm not doing anything my business i don't have no income like so many different things were going on uh, i like changed everything in my life i i i, I relocated my apartment um so I moved, uh, I got a, I got a different vehicle, like every, like everything in my life had been just totally changed. Like it just, everything changed. And so for me, I was like, okay, my life right now, it, well, as I went through the transformation and I got to a space where I was feeling good, um, I was like, I want to kind of, like, I want this show to be about that, right? And so that's what The Beautiful Decay was about. And I, I kind of did that. I showed that in the work by taking pieces of artwork and kind of chopping it up or dissecting it, breaking it apart, and then putting it back together. So piece by piece, I would add pieces to other pieces, and then they would create that piece. Totally. What advice would you give to your younger self knowing what you know now? Oh, uh, <sighs> you know, I, the main thing that I, I think I lost time in was in, in my art career was uh, not tapping into myself. Um, when I was trying to find my style, I always was looking outside of myself. Like, I'm like, I want to create this style that's so unique, so different. I need to find something that nobody's ever done before. And I, you know, I want it to be super cool and I want it to be all these things. So I just kept on trying all this, these different styles and techniques. And some of them I was trying to hold on to like it was my style, but I didn't feel good about it. And I didn't talk about it well because it wasn't really me. And I would tell my younger self that I need to just tap into my myself. That's it. Just tap into me. It's all here. It's all within. And that's what happened once I really realized that I started to ask myself the questions like what makes you, you know, what what is it that you're about? And all these things started surfacing like the Buddha and like the triangle and like, you know, like even even to the point with like the triangle, the red triangle especially, when I was a kid, I loved to guess and that was their logo. Oh, wow. And that was like the main reason why I liked Guess. And my mom used to always be like, why do you like this brand so much? Like, and I was like, I just, I like the logo. Like, I love so the logo. 
And then years later, look, like it's that there's a lot of subliminal things in our lives that we don't realize, but as kids, it, it resonates and it and it comes through as an adult. And so for me with the art, these were all things that were in me all 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 along and I just kept reaching outside of myself. So that's one of the things that I would say as an entrepreneur, you know, I would say that what I would probably do different in terms of entrepreneurship would just be like understanding business credit and understanding how to build business credibility at an early stage in, in, in your business and not wait till years later to develop that. Because I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and it's not until just recently that I've been serious about building my business credit the right way. Mm. And if you, to be truthful, like, you know, we always talk about personal credit, right? We always saying, oh, you know, you need to get your personal credit right because you could do major things with your personal credit being right. But you can actually do more with business credit. Mm -hmm. And they don't tell you that because most people aren't, uh, most people aren't business owners. They're not entrepreneurs. So at the end of the day, you know, nobody's really talking about it, but business credit you get that right you could do really big things you know in so many different ways how do you stay tapped in a lot of times we're reaching outside of ourselves instead of just doing what's natural and the natural self is telling us always to just be in tune with yourself it's 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 that we're always challenging that and we're always thinking that we need to do something other than that then that's where we find ourselves in bad positions because we're always, you know, like then then you're just kind of like reaching, like I said. And so, I mean, I guess for me, I, I, I try to stay tapped in just by staying centered, thinking about what makes the most sense and what makes me flow properly, you know. And anytime I see myself not flowing right, I understand what's going on. I tap into my spirituality more. I tap into self-care more. You know, I tap into dieting better. I'll tap into the things that, you know, make me flow better. And, and, and then I'll get right back into my center. And that's how I, you know, that's how I kind of stay tapped in. I love that. That's why this, I didn't necessarily know the name of it, but I knew I wanted people, I called it Activate because I wanted people to grow on both the soul line and the goal line because I feel like sometimes we do them independent of each other right. versus have them hit in the middle, which I call activated, living an activated life. What does living activated mean to you? Right, so that, I love what you just said. Um, you said the soul. The soul line and the goal line. The soul line and the goal line. I gotta use that, that's, <laughs> that's great. So that's, that, is, that is the key to life. The soul line and the goal line. Honestly, you can't have one without the other. And if you're not tapped into the soul line, you're not tapped in at all. And, and you're gonna be totally out of sync. Burnt out. And you're, you're gonna realize that things aren't going right for you. You're gonna wonder why. Like I know a lot of people like this and people that are close to me too. And I they tell- They hit the same and roadblock. I, and I try my best always to tell them what's wrong. And some people just don't, they don't get it. They don't listen. They don't understand. They, they feel like they don't need that. And honestly, 
all the people that I see win and do really well or that's have have great energy and they flow well and people resonate with them, they're always spiritually driven. They're always they're spiritually led and they and they and it you can feel it. You can sense it. Right away when you meet them, you're like, oh man, I love their presence. They have a great presence. They have great energy flowing. And you know, it's all about the vibes, right? And and some people don't have that vibe and they'll have this other kind of vibe. <laughs> and that other kind of vibe, it, you know that they're not tapped in. They're not tapped in. They don't have that red arrow. Yeah, <laughs> they, they don't have it. And so, you know, you gotta have that. And I feel like that's what I mean when I say being centered. Uh, you know, once you're centered and once you're in tune with that, then other things start to flow with you. Once you see things not going right for you, then you need to, you know, you should, you should know then that you need to get back in tune. And you know, that's usually what I do to recharge, reset myself, get back in line with things. And uh, you know, I, I try to, I try my best to, to give good energy to get good energy. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what I kind of work off of. Is this the creation of a new earth? I feel like incredible art will come out of 2020. Maybe yeah. in 2021, 2022. <laughs> right, right. Like, uh, you know, I, I do think that this is a time that is, is so challenging that it, it, it does allow for creatives to kind of express themselves in a new way. Um, and with all the things that are going on, it gives you all this inspiration, right? It gives you things to pull from and and stuff like that. And, and for me, you know, I've been thinking about what that next body of work is gonna look like. And I feel like it has to have something to do with what's, what's going on, right? Um, what that is, I, I, I don't know exactly yet. I have a few ideas, but I, I think that um, in 2020, I'm gonna put, I mean, in 2021, <laughs> not 2020, in 2021, uh, I think I'm gonna put together a pretty dope show, you know? Um, but as far as something something that I would like to share with people that people don't know about me, I mean, I really don't, I always talk, you know? I, 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 I express myself a lot and, and, and tell a bunch of my, you know, life stories to people. So it's not much that people don't know, but there, you know, as a, as a, as a young kid, I kind of did do some things when I was younger that kind of got me into some trouble. And, and, and I learned from those experiences that, you know, at some point I feel like my full story, I'm going to kind of put it out there so that those who kind of come from my background and have dealt with things that I've dealt with will be able to see like, okay, you know, you could, you can make some mistakes in your, you know, when you're young and you can bounce back from that, you know, and you could bounce back in a way where you're still mildly successful. I'm not going to say I'm super successful, but like at least in a way where it gives inspiration, you know, it gives, it, it will encourage people to, to think differently. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's one part of my story that I kind of just don't really tap into that much because I don't, uh, you know, I had this conversation with somebody else. I was like, you know, I don't want certain people to judge me a certain way. Um, and then, you know, not want to do business with me or not want to, you know, whatever, because they might feel a certain way about me. And there's people that are like that, they're judgmental and they, they, they'll, they'll view you differently. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
but there it also there, makes you who you are right no it, yeah it, and it, it and and you know i think that um i think that at some point i I'd probably be more more uh open about all of that so that it, it could then tell my full story you know but i love that that's probably the only thing that you know i look forward to all the lives that's gonna impact right right because none of us are perfect right um how can we support you follow you find you commission you like what right. tell us about your work where to follow you how to support you right so i mean you know, I'm a gallerist and an artist, so there's there's like two things to this, right? So there's two different brands. There's the niche gallery brand and there's the Peace Guy art brand. So in terms of the gallery brand, you got uh, nichegallery.com. Uh, that's the website. Um, niche underscore gallery um, is the um, Instagram. And then for my personal art is Peace Guy Art on Instagram and it's pscottart.com for the website. So those are two places you could, you know, you can find my work, you could shop support um, both. And um, other than that, you could come to the gallery, you know, you can come to the gallery, uh, come to the shows that we have. I'm usually doing a show every month or every two months. Uh, like we got a show coming up this Saturday from the artist um, Harlan Hugh. Um, but yeah, those are ways you can support the gallery, support me as an artist. Um, That's so. why we wanted to get this out so you guys could support them this weekend. If you're local, I know people are looking for things to do that are safe, that are fun, that are right. still like getting out and doing right, right. things. And we're going to keep it, you know, we're going to keep it respectful and safe for everybody we'll, we'll be practicing the social distancing well peace scott thank you so much for your support and for sharing your gifts with the world thanks for having me thank you guys so much for listening please share this episode and dm us we love to interact with you about all you learn and create from this if you love this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to get real-time updates when all new episodes go live. And if you can, please leave us a review. It will help us grow our community and our message to support more leaders on their growth journey. If you want to continue to hang out with me, follow me on Instagram at Laura E. Holloway and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at lauraeholloway.com for weekly downloads, blogs, upcoming workshops, events, and more. Stay aligned and make your move. I'll see you next week.